Word on Fire is brought to you by Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Chicago area since 1837. This is Cardinal Francis George, and I invite you to join me for the next few minutes to reflect with Father Robert Barron on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Father Barron will challenge us to open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of love for each of us. If our hearts are open, the Lord can change and transform us so that we might speak with love about the one who is love. The Archdiocese of Chicago, through the generosity of Sacred Heart Parish in Winnetka, now presents The Word on Fire. Peace be with you. Friends, we're coming to the very end of the liturgical year. You know that the first Sunday of Advent is New Year's Day in terms of the liturgy. So we've come now to the last two weeks of the year. As is customary, the church invites us to consider some dark things. As the days grow darker and shorter, the air grows colder, we're encouraged to think about some spiritually serious matters. So the church gives us some apocalyptic readings. Readings about the end of the world, the destruction of the temple. But you know, as I've told you before, apocalyptic is not something to be afraid of. The word itself, apocalypsis, just means unveiling. The unveiling of something new. You know, whenever you leave one place, you are ipso facto entering some other place. To exit, therefore, an old world is to enter a new one. See, the first Christians saw that in Jesus Christ, we've entered a new world. That means the old one has been exited. The old one is coming to an end. That's what these stories are about. Well, you know, apocalyptic literature was very popular in the centuries just before the time of Jesus. Look in the biblical book of Daniel. You'll see an example of this. But also in some non-biblical books, the book of Jubilees, the book of Enoch. And you'll see the typical apocalyptic stuff. A lot of talk about the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem and about the end of the world. So, in Jesus' time, this was a very popular form. This had conditioned the minds of many people of the time. So, in the reading for today, taken from the Gospel of Luke, they're standing outside the temple. The most beautiful thing these people had ever seen. They were marveling at it, and Jesus famously says, the days are coming when not one stone of this will be left upon another. And then they ask him, What are the signs that will accompany and presage this destruction? Jesus then tells them, and that's what the gospel today is all about, the signs. This, too, is part of the apocalyptic literature. They call this the tribulation or the birth pangs of the Messiah. That's a very powerful little image, isn't it? Mothers listening to me will understand this. Birth pangs, waves of suffering that precede new life. So, see, Jesus here is implying the end, the destruction of the temple is the foreshadowing of something new, something beautiful and good, namely the age of the Messiah. Now, I want you to think about something. This applied in a very special way to Jesus' own time. True, he was the Messiah. His resurrection, his new life, was preceded by certain types of suffering. But, but, 
This same thing applies to all of us now. How come? Because the new age of the Messiah is always available to us. The new age is always coming. It's always around the corner. But listen, in order for it to happen, there have to be birth pangs. There has to be a kind of suffering. Why? Because the old world that we are living in has to give way. Let me say that again. The old world of thought, action, spirituality, behavior that we're living in has to give way if this new messianic era is to begin. I mean the era beginning in us. These stories in some ways are all about conversion. To change. To let go of the old so as to unveil the new. Okay. With that in mind, let's look at the fine print. How does Jesus describe these tribulations, these birth pangs? What I want you to do is, as you hear them, apply them symbolically to you now. Listen. Many will come in my name saying, I am he, but do not follow them. The first birth pang is that false messiahs will arise. Friends, do you want Jesus Christ to be the Lord of your life? Do you want the messianic era and age to dawn in you? Then you've got to get rid of false messiahs. There are a lot of them, by the way. Gurus and teachers and spiritual figures. They're on television, radio. They're all over the popular culture. I mean, all those people that we submit our lives to in the hopes of becoming happy. Christ wants to be Lord of your life. Not one voice among many. Not one figure alongside of others. He wants to be the Lord. Therefore, you've got to let go of these false messiahs and stop following them. What else will happen? What's the second birth pang? When you hear of wars and insurrections, do not be terrified. For such things must happen first. Oh, the coming of the Messiah will be presaged, preceded by wars and insurrections. Well, of course it will. Before Christ can reign unambiguously in your life, the false powers operating in you have got to be defeated. Before Christ can reign in you as king, those false powers have to be defeated. Whether you like it or not, whether you admit it or not, some king or queen or parliament or president is ruling over you. You see, I'm driving it. Something's reigning in you. Something's bossing you around. Some power, principality, conviction, idea is telling you how to organize your life. Some set of assumptions, prejudices, convictions, influences are conditioning you and setting the tone for your life. Well, if Christ's going to be king, they've got to give way. Basic principle, take it to the bank. No one likes giving up power. (laughs) Nobody. 
Once you got power, you let go of it very reluctantly. So these authorities in you don't like giving up power either. They'll fight. They'll cling to stay in charge. So when Christ arises, when Christ arrives, they will rise up to oppose him. And there will be wars and insurrections in you. See, Christians, don't be shocked by this. Don't be too surprised by it. Sure, there'll be an inner struggle as Christ is striving to take lordship over your life. Don't be surprised or shocked by it. In fact, it's one of the birth pangs that you should expect. What else will happen? The Lord says, there will be powerful earthquakes, famines, and plagues from place to place. Did he mean this in some objective sense in regard to his own emergence as Messiah? Yeah, sure. But now I'm going to read it more symbolically and spiritually about you and about me. What are earthquakes? Shaking of the ground. The shaking of that which you consider probably most stable and basic. What are you basing your life on? Oh, it's something. What's the foundation of your life? Now, believe me, it's something. Just as there's a king or queen or parliament, someone running your life, there's some foundation that you're standing on. Eh, maybe it's pleasure, money, power, friends, family, self-esteem. I don't know, something. Your own ego. Whatever it is, it will be shaken necessarily when Christ arrives. Why? Because he insists upon being the foundation of your life. Where do you stand? Well, in the Gospels, he says, either you're with me or you're against me. Either I'm the foundation stone of your life or something else is. Therefore, as he comes into your life, what should you expect? An earthquake. Oh, read the lives of the saints here. It happens to every one of them. Every one of them. No exceptions. As Christ comes in, the old foundation's got to give way. That's why, you know, conversion is such a difficult process. So challenging. What do earthquakes do? They destroy things. Knock them over. Crack foundations. Topple buildings. They can reverse the course of rivers. Well, that'll happen in you. Trust me. When Christ comes to take over. How about that second reference here to famine? Famine is one of the birth pangs of the Messiah. No food. A time of starvation, even desperation. Well, listen. What feeds you? From what source do you draw your strength? What sustains you? Again, it's something. Something. Pleasure, money, power, esteem, the usual suspects. Something's feeding your soul. Christ wants to be the food for your soul. That means as you're turning your life over to him, you will experience famine. The very things that used to feed you adequately now don't. You're now divorcing yourself from those sources. Easy? <laughs> no way. No way. This will cause famine in you. 
Notice, please, the importance of ascetical practices within the spiritual life. You know, fasting and abstinence. What's the point there? It's just this point. It's to back off purposely from the things that you usually feed on. Now, maybe you should abstain from power, from pleasure, from money, from esteem. Back off of those things that you might find the true source of your life in Christ. Last thing the Lord mentions as one of the birth pangs, they will seize you and persecute you. They will hand you over to synagogues and to prisons. They will have you led before kings and governors. Well, watch it up and down the centuries. The shift in allegiance to Christ does indeed cause inner turmoil. We've been seeing that. Inner earthquakes and famines. Will it produce external struggles as well? <laughs> you bet. Again, read the lives of the saints. Not in every case, but many cases. When you say, my life is all about Jesus Christ, they will not be happy. By they here, I mean the powers of the world. No, they, they want your allegiance. In Jesus' time now, you know, kings and governors and so on. Well, we have our own version of these kings and governors, and they want your allegiance. Will it lead sometimes, your Christian faith, to this kind of external struggle? Absolutely. So, we have here today an apocalyptic reading. A reading about the end of the world, yes, in one sense, the end of these old worlds that we live in, we sinners. But this is, as I said, good news. Because it's an unveiling, an apocalypsis, the revelation of a new world. It's the new world of your life lived now on the foundation of Jesus Christ, under the lordship of Jesus Christ, fed by the food of Jesus Christ. Will it cause a lot of struggles, earthquakes, famines? You bet. But that's just the birth pangs of a new world. And God bless you. I hope that you were moved today by the word on fire. I pray that together we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George. God bless you. The cemetery ministry is a core ministry of our Catholic faith tied to the corporal works of mercy. Cardinal George says, It's comforting to know that our Catholic cemeteries are caring for the remains of our loved ones awaiting the resurrection. There are 43 Archdiocese of Chicago cemeteries willing to help you during times of loss. Call 708-449-6100 for assistance. Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837.